Hello everyone, thank you for tuning in to the Sunday School lesson this week. My name is Gregory Baines and I'm the Worship Associate of Music and Media here at FBC Keller. So I'm usually on the other side of the microphone helping record these lessons and have been so blessed uh, by the godly men and their teaching these past few months, as I'm sure you have been as well. Um, as Jack encouraged us all last week, I want to echo how useful and how much of a blessing memorizing these Proverbs can be. Especially if you're new to memorizing scripture, it's a great way to start hiding God's word in your heart. Uh, so as you read through the book of Proverbs, memorize anything that stands out, uh, write it down, say it a few times. It's, it's really simple and really great. Um, in today's lesson, we'll be looking at Proverbs 29 and talking about discipline. But before we do that, let's take a moment and ask the Lord to help us understand and obey his word this morning. Father, thank you so much that you have given us your word, uh, that it is good for us and and guides us and, and, and shows us what we need to know um, to live a godly life. And, and I pray today that you would just bless our hearing of it, um, Lord, that we would look at ourselves and look at you rightly as we approach your word this morning and that you would give us grace to walk in obedience afterward, that we would not just be hearers but doers of the word today. God, just bless our time. Be honored and glorified in it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now open your Bibles to Proverbs 29. We're going to look at verses 1 through 3, then verses 12 through 20 um, as we talk about discipline. Now that's a loaded word for many of us. Some of us immediately think of a, a whooping or a switching. Um, if you grew up in the South, you might might think that. And then some of us think of being grounded or, or time out or standing in the corner. Um, in either case, discipline is not a word that we generally respond positively to or, or think well of, but God's word speaks extensively about the blessing and benefits of discipline and warns of the destruction that comes for those who resist it. So take your Bible. Let's look at Proverbs 29, 1 through 3. I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible this morning. So, um, Verse 1, A man who hardens his neck after much reproof will suddenly be broken beyond remedy. When the righteous increase, the people rejoice, but when a wicked man rules, people groan. A man who loves wisdom makes his father glad, but he who keeps company with harlots wastes his wealth. Verse 1 here, let's look back. A man who hardens his neck. Hard neck. This is the same Hebrew word translated stiff neck many times in the Old Testament. And it's a agricultural term. It's the image of an ox. Um, as, as the oxen would be plowing, the farmer would have one hand on the plow and one hand with an ox goad pushing them where they needed to go and, and prodding and poking them. And, and the ox that resisted that would, would stick out its neck. It would be stiff and hard and, and would not listen to the farmer's instruction. And, and that ox became useless for any good work. Um, now, here in Proverbs 29.1, not only are we useless, but then we're broken beyond repair if we are stiff-necked. And that Hebrew word for broken is used literally about breaking a bone many times in Scripture, but is also used in the context of breaking a false idol or false altar, completely destroying it, you know, grinding it to dust, all those um, wonderful word pictures we see in, in Scripture about what we're to do. That, that is the word here for the person who sticks out their neck and is stiff-necked. Destruction comes upon them. This is the fate of one who defies discipline, especially discipline from the Lord. Um, as I, th I think thought about this this week, I thought of a child in a grocery store, and and we've all seen them. The mom is is trying desperately to to help this this little boy who just wants to take everything off the shelf and and 
open everything and eat it right now. And, and she goes, honey, put that down right now. And that little boy looks and sticks his neck out and says, no, I'm not doing it. And you're like, oh, man, Lord bless her heart. Um, this this is the picture here. The stiff-necked person who resists and defies um, is ultimately a fool. As we look in this, this wisdom literature, we see... Um, examples of what a fool looks like and what a wise person looks like. And and that's what we learn here. Um, verses 2 and 3 talk about discipline as well. When the righteous increase, the people rejoice. But when a wicked man rules, people groan. Um, discipline is a guide to help us become wise. We see the difference here in the society that has good discipline and one without with leaders who have been disciplined and are righteous and lead well and those who don't, um, the people groan. And then verse 3, we see that discipline and wisdom are tied together. Wisdom comes from a place of humility. Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. This recognition of God's position and our position puts us in a proper place of humility. Consequently, when discipline comes, the person who loves wisdom will respond in humility and submit to discipline instead of resisting like the proud fool. So here, verse 3, we see the man who loves wisdom makes his father glad, and and it's the man um, who has responded well to his father's discipline and humility and reproof. Now let's look at, at verses 12 through 20. If a ruler pays attention to falsehood, all his ministers become wicked. The poor man and the oppressor have this in common. The Lord gives light to the eyes of both. If a king judges the poor with truth, his throne will be established forever. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child who gets his own way brings shame to his mother. When the wicked increase, transgression increases, but the righteous will see their fall. Correct your son, and he will give you comfort. He will also delight your soul. Where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained, but happy is he who keeps the law. A slave will not be instructed by words alone, for though he understands, there will be no response. Do you see a man who is hasty in his words? There is more hope for a fool than for him. Now, there are three types of disciplines that I see in in this passage that are referenced. Uh, Parental discipline, governmental discipline, and self-discipline or spiritual discipline. Um, discipline is a grace of God that we see. We understand biblically that man is inherently sinful and wicked. And one of the common graces and, and a, a wonderful thing that the Lord does for us is, is puts authority and structure in our life um, to keep mankind from destroying itself. Um, the first of those is parental discipline. Now, as, as a parent, I can testify of the inherent wickedness and, and sinfulness of, of man. I have two sons. One One's four years old. His name's Brooks. And one's eight, eight months old. And his name is Jack. And um, even with Jack, um, he was crawling around all over the house and, and trying to, to pick up everything that he finds and see if it fits in his mouth and tastes good. Um, he is is rebellious and, and wicked. As he grabs those things to put them in his mouth... Um, we as good parents see that most of those things are not good for babies to have in their mouth and, and to eat, and, and so we take them away immediately, and as, as soon as we do, um, 
he lets us know that he is not pleased with our parenting decision in that moment and uh, that he would like to be in charge instead of us. But we are the God-established, God-given authority in his life to protect him um, from choking and dying on blocks and, and, and to also protect him from many other things, um, but especially his sinful heart. So parents are a God-given authority for the purpose of correcting children and keeping them from destroying themselves. And we, and we see this here in verse 15, the rod and reproof give wisdom. But a child who gets his own way brings shame to his mother. Um, we went on vacation to visit my parents a couple weeks ago, and um, uh, Brooks, who was four, was the only grandchild for the longest time, and and he's a little bit rotten when he gets around um, those those grandparents who just want to give him everything he wants and asks for. And so there's a little bit of undoing some damage when we get back home every time we go for an extended period of time. And that's okay. That's what grandparents are supposed to do. But we as parents are, are in charge and responsible for his discipline and for him listening and obeying. And um, and he's doing better now since we've been home a week. But that was a, an interesting um, challenge for us. So, um that's what we see in verse 15, that we cannot, as parents, and this is kind of some application for us today, if you're a parent, um, it is hard to discipline your children, and it's hard to do it effectively um, sometimes or feel like it's effective, but consistent discipline um, is what is our God-given responsibility to our children to help them um, both to protect them from themselves, but also to grow in godliness and understand uh, what is true and what is false and what is right and what is wrong. So... Discipline is good in that way. And then we see in verse 17, correct your son and he will give you comfort. He will also delight your soul. Correction um, is is what helps us understand where we're going wrong. And, and that's um, the quote, right? Experience is the best teacher sometimes. And, and when we are disciplined and respond well to it, that, that is true. But if we stick out our neck, like in verse 1, we will be destro- ultimately destroyed. Now, Next type of discipline we see here is, is governmental discipline, and um, it's in verse 18, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained, but happy is he who keeps the law. Um, when there is no restraint, things do not go well. I think we all can testify. We, we've seen that in culture. Um, we've seen that. Anarchy is not what we want. Um, happy is the one who keeps the law. The government is put in place to keep us um, as people from destroying each other and destroying ourselves. And it is established by God. All authority is placed by God, um, even authority that we would say is wicked authority. God is sovereign over, and it is our responsibility to submit to that authority and godliness unless they are going against God's authority. That's when we, when we change our tune there. But um, let's look at Romans 13 here. Paul speaks about this. Every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God, and they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. For rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil. Do you want to have no fear of authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For it is a minister of God to you for good. But if you do what is evil, be afraid, for it does not bear the sword for nothing. For it is a minister of God and avenger who brings wrath on the one who practices evil." Law is put in place um, to protect us, and, and the discipline for that law is to, is to protect us as a society as well. Um, so keep the law, and you won't face the, the wrath of the government. Um, but even when we break the law, 
it is for our good um, that we are disciplined and told to go back. Um, so that is the second, governmental discipline. And then we see here in verse 20, self-discipline. Do you see a man who is hasty in his words? There's more hope for a fool than for him. One of the Proverbs I memorized when, when I was younger that was very helpful was Proverbs ten nineteen, where there are many words, transgression is unavoidable. And um, one important part of the Christian life is, is self-discipline. Um, learning to, to guard your tongue is a huge thing James talks about a lot and is very, very difficult um, for us. But in, in a much broader sense, um, we are called to be and live disciplined lives. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9.27 that he disciplines his body and makes it his slave. Um, so not only is discipline something that comes from outside sources, but but from within, especially for believers. Now, spiritual disciplines like reading the Bible, praying, giving, memorizing Scripture can be difficult, but are a huge part of our sanctification and are good for us. And they become easier the more we do them. That's that's part of the the discipline. Now, many people today hear the word spiritual discipline. And immediately their mind goes to legalism. Hey, you're, you're doing things to try and earn um, some kind of favor with God or, or think that you can work your way into heaven. And, and, and that is certainly a temptation um, for many people. But the difference here in, in um, understanding legalism and spiritual discipline is, is legalism is, is trying to earn a righteousness through your good works. Whereas the spiritual disciplines are, are a result of Christ's righteousness being being placed on us and the Holy Spirit indwelling us, and we, and we work now because of what God has done for us, not to earn um, any kind of salvation. So as as you practice spiritual disciplines, it's important to remind yourself: this is not me trying to earn my salvation or work into God's good graces. Instead, it is I have been bought and purchased and redeemed by Jesus Christ. And now I want to know him and love him. And, and I recognize the sinful nature that, it's within, that is within me. And I have to discipline my body and, and my desires and my needs and conform to the image of Christ and, and surrender um, what I want to what he wants. And, and the practice of reading scripture daily and taking time intentionally to pray and memorize that scripture is what helps um, us become more like Christ and less like ourselves in our sin. Now, we talked a lot today about discipline and, and discipline that comes from parents and, and government um, and even from ourselves. But but we when we talk about um, the greatest, I guess, grace that God gives us is, is discipline from himself. Uh, Hebrews 12, 6 says that the Lord disciplines the one he loves. And uh, for believers, there is a difference in, in, in God's wrath and God's discipline. Um, God often will, will take us when we sin, and I'm sure you've experienced this, and, and give us that prod like the ox and say, nope, nope, wrong way. You need, you need to repent. You need to turn. And um, that is very good for us when we respond in humility and surrender our desire um, for God's desire and, and obey um, if we don't, we will be stiff-necked and broken. For some, uh, Scripture even says God, God will take them home if they don't surrender and repent. So uh, as we think about discipline, instead of thinking, 
in the negative, that it is something that is meant to keep me from having fun or something that is meant um, to cause me pain, so I won't do something again. Understand that discipline is meant to help you walk in the freedom that God gives and to understand who He is and and become what He made you to be. So for application today, one, practice spiritual disciplines. Get in God's Word, pray, be self-disciplined, guard your tongue, um, let the Holy Spirit work through you in that way. Humble yourself. Um, You may be a stiff-necked person and and not even know it, so take some time and and listen. Um, Be coachable, be teachable, and then uh, most importantly, pray. Ask the Lord to help you to respond to discipline in a way that honors Him and helps you grow in your sanctification and love for Him. And Now let's do that now. Father, thank you for your word that is good for us. Um, Lord, help us to surrender and submit to you. And, and when you correct us and, and discipline us, Lord, help us to understand it's, it's from um, your love for us and that we need to surrender and, and walk with you in it. Um, thank you again for your word. I pray today that you would help us Um, to be doers of it and to apply it to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.